break 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 It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. And we are back with you here on our special Haiti edition or editions of The Punch-Out, continuing the live reporting from Breakthrough News here on the ground in Haiti. I'm Eugene Perrier. I am your host, as always. Uh, Big news regarding Haiti, really making news in the United States. There was a tweet that came out from the Haitian, uh, the U.S. Embassy of Haiti, excuse me, but in English, so I'm not 100% sure who their audience was for that, but it appears that it may have been anti-immigrant forces in the United States. The tweet in question, which regarded the issue of immigration, was a quote from President Joe Biden saying that he can assure people that they should not come Uh, to the United States, that he said, don't come over. That was his message to the people of Haiti and perhaps the people all around the world, uh, because the way this will be reported in the English language media, to the extent it is, will almost certainly be as part of the ongoing issues by the Biden administration to address immigration. Now, many people don't know, or I should say to finish this out before I go to this, uh, Biden also named Kamala Harris something of a czar for immigration issues at the border. Uh, She spoke a little bit about this issue, saying the important thing was to deal with the root cause issues. And most of the media has only really discussed Central America in this regards. But one thing that many people don't know, many thousands of Haitians actually do attempt to enter the United States for humanitarian reasons through the southern border. They make up a significant, and many other places too, but certainly through the southern border, and they make up a significant number uh, of those who ultimately are arrested uh, in the context of uh, uh, these U.S. immigration policies of tightening up around the southern borders. So this message can't really be divorced uh, from what's happening at the border today in terms of the United States. It certainly can't be divorced from the conversation in the United States in general about immigration. And it also, of course, cannot be divorced from the hundreds of deportations of Haitians that have been done under the Biden administration following the removal of temporary protective status for Haitian people in the United States under President Donald J. Trump. So here we are, Joe Biden, claiming to be very, very different from Donald Trump. But when it comes to Haiti, uh, we can't even talk about Trump. Uh, Biden's the same as Trump, but Trump was the same as Obama. Obama was the same as Clinton. I mean, U.S. foreign policy towards Haiti since the 1990s has been quite consistent, and it's been 100% directed towards two main goals. One, maintaining these deeply oppressive Haitian governments, these deeply exploitative Haitian governments in power. That's a key factor. And the second one is uh, trying to stem the tide of immigration from Haiti to the United States. And this has a very, very long history. There are undoubtedly some who are listening who can remember in the 1990s when there was a major push against Haitian refugees coming to the country. There is an attempt to uh, label Haitians as the main vector for AIDS. That really started a little bit earlier than that in the 1980s. So the demonization of Haitian immigrants is a long-standing issue in U.S. immigration policy. But again, those have really been the two twin pillars of U.S. foreign policy as it concerns Haiti, and it continues today. I mean, we look at the dictator, so-called President Jovenel Moise, and his support is rock-solid from the United States. That has been backing his 
uh, obviously unconstitutional overstaying of powers that has been backing his sham faux elections, uh, one of which will be in June, uh, and that will be for this so-called constitutional referendum. Another one will be in the fall, perhaps in September, and that will be for a number of offices, but also to renew the national legislature. And that's viewed by the popular movement here, and I think really just intelligent commentators anywhere who are following the issue, as clearly a sham and 100% designed as a way to strengthen the rule of the, uh, of the dictator's party and of his cronies by establishing a new constitution and a new political uh, field, if you will, that will be much more favorable to their rule and to their politics. And the United States, again, is 100% uh, supporting it. Now, they may put out a, a statement here and there deploring this or that issue, but at the end of the day, they're saying they want elections as soon as possible, led by the current so-called government, the dictatorship, which lets you know they're backing it 100%. And we've seen that the Biden administration is continuing the long-held uh, policies of many American governments of demonizing and attacking Haitian immigrants and refugees. Now, the situation here in Haiti, where we are, is a it really makes Biden's tweet seem even more pernicious. I mean, there are many people who are leaving and going to trying to come to the United States, but the reason they're trying to come is they're looking for uh, opportunities to survive. There are so many challenges in trying to make a living here in Haiti. And as we've been talking about over the course of our time here, the government goes out of its way to make sure there really is only informal labor, deeply exploitative labor in export-oriented industries, mainly sweatshops, although they are trying to do more with secondary assembly of tablets and things like that, which you know also can, of course, be uh, developed in sweatshops. We usually think about clothes, but it's many things. So it's a sweatshop-oriented export industry. And then, of course, the mineral exports, which are huge. I mean, many people are totally unaware of the fact that, at least by some estimates, Haiti has close to a billion barrels of oil, something like maybe a trillion cubic square feet of gas. There's a huge amount of gold here. There's copper, there's bauxite. So there are a range of, of crucial and important minerals that are you know, 100% exploited, if not by uh, local elites as the sort of local level partner uh, in conjunction with bigger internationals and multinationals, but also directly by many multinational corporations. But there is something in what we have seen here in Haiti uh, with a number of different industries. There appears to be quite a few intermediaries that work very closely, either as subsidiaries or in conjunction with many large multinationals, sort of hiding the hand a bit of the United States, of Canada, of the European Union and other countries. They're here, they're operating, they really control it, but many times because of the local intermediaries. And this is very similar to what we see in Southeast Asia with the sweatshop movement. They're able to maintain a certain level of insulation from the criticism around the status of these industries. And you know, in that kind of situation, the other thing, of course, is export-oriented agriculture. Even though there are certainly issues with food insecurity here uh, in a significant way in Haiti, there is a major push by the current government to use all the agricultural land um, or as much as they can in order to promote export industries that, again, are sending all sorts of things to other countries. And it's, you know, it's food, of course, is some of it, but also there's an ingredient that is used in all the high-end perfumes. It's an essential oil, and half of that essential oil actually comes from Haiti. So there's all sorts of export industries that you've heard of or extractive industries that you've heard of uh, and some that you have not. And certainly continuing that state of affairs 
creates a huge amount of hardship in the countryside where people struggle to be able to just make a living and survive. So obviously there are many people who are looking to move to the Imperial core, not because they love the Imperial core or have any particular love for America or want to leave their home country, but because they think that may be the only chance to survive. Haiti gets billions of dollars in remittances every year, so many people go to support their family and to send money back, and that's a major uh, element of how many families are able to survive is not because of anything that this government is doing to help them, uh, not the NGOs, not the charities, but because their own family members have sacrificed to move to another country and work very hard, often in very difficult jobs for very long hours, in order to send back significant portions of their earnings to their family members to allow them to support themselves. So it just shows that President Biden, despite all of his you know, flowery rhetoric during the campaign about how great immigration was for America is taking the exact same position where it, it concerns the issue of human rights. And they are not willing to recognize the human rights of people to move to survive. And the reality is, is capital moves freely across borders. For instance, there was a story in the end of last year from Kanye West, of all people, who's partnered with some billionaire I've never heard of, uh, and allegedly been given part of an island here in Haiti. By, they were given this by President Jovenel Moise to develop into, quote-unquote, some sort of 21st century city of the future, which ultimately means nothing at all. It means just the creation of another foreign-oriented tourist zone, uh, maybe another export zone, but something that's not oriented towards Haitians, but oriented towards the broader, multinational, U.S.-dominated hemispheric economy. But why is it that Kanye West can just get an entire island in Haiti and at least allegedly be able to move his capital here and make a huge amount of money, undoubtedly, is what he's planning to do, but a Haitian person can't leave uh, Port-au-Prince and come to the United States, not to make a huge amount of money, but to make really poverty wages, but just enough that they can do something to support their family. There's a huge double standard. Total free flow of capital anywhere in the world and investing all around the world, including in Haiti, you'll be celebrated in the United States as some great humanitarian. And that was what Kanye was saying. Well, I'm going to bring jobs and we're working with the government. We're doing this. Um, but if you're an immigrant coming to the United States, you're demonized in every possible way uh, and, and treated terribly. And if you make it into the country, you're you know, forced to live in the shadows and work in many of these terrible, super exploitative industries in the United States. So you can see uh, very clearly the deep connection between U.S. immigration policy, U.S. foreign policy, the relation between the two, the fact that it is the policies of the U.S.-backed governments that lead people to want to immigrate, and then the relationship between immigration and foreign policy uh, on the international scale then becomes you force the conditions, and then you try to force it, uh, try to force people from coming into your country, even though it's really just blowback from the broader U.S. policy. So the injustices of it are extremely, extremely deep. And and I think it's just so notable to see this happen while we're here in Haiti because it just gives us such a, a clear sense of why people would, would feel the need um, to leave a, a country that, again, is a physically beautiful country. It's got history, culture, and a legacy that is, is strong and, and proud and vibrant. Uh, that... <clears throat> That knowing that and seeing that, seeing the economic deprivation that drives people, and then seeing the U.S. government be so callous and also continue to support this dictatorship, it really just says it all. It really just says it all. And it's really part of why we are here on this Breakthrough News team, to be able to contextualize this for people, to help people understand and see not just what's happening in Haiti uh, in the popular movement that's sweeping the country right now. We definitely are doing that and want to continue to do that. And it's a major worldwide story that people need to know that 
almost the entire country of Haiti is, is rising up and rejecting this dictator, yet and still he remains because of his international support, but also to help people give context for what's really going on here in these stories that are seem, seemingly seem uh, subsidiary around Haitian immigration and other things that are deeply connected, uh, to really understand how the things are, uh, are indeed deeply and intimately connected and that you can't separate one from the other. And if you want to, and you should, I think people should, fight for the rights of immigrants not to be deported from the United States. We also have to recognize that, quote unquote, dealing with the root causes, as Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, said actually means doing the opposite of what they are doing. Whether it's Haiti, whether it's Honduras, whether it's Guatemala, and that's where the vast majority of, of many of these people are coming from, Honduras, Guatemala, Haiti, El Salvador. Uh, it's the direct U.S. policies supporting these right-wing presidents and governments that are, are leading to these terrible economic situations and moving it forward. So it's hypocritical. It's deeply hypocritical for them to say, let's deal with root causes while they continue to support dictators like Jovenel Moise. So the struggle continues on many different fronts, uh, and there is quite a bit we can bring you. We've had the opportunity to go all around, as you've heard in some of our our, our previous episodes. We're going to be going into the countryside in the future. We've met with all sorts of people. We had the opportunity to meet with some young folks uh, who are involved in media, actually <laughs> media projects similar to what we do here at Breakthrough News and have an exchange about what they're doing, how they're trying to do it, um, and what their goals are in terms of helping to build the popular movement in the communication sphere. And similar to the United States, they stress that the biggest challenge is the mainstream pro-capitalist pro-corporate media that reports things in a way that gives no justice to the struggles of average everyday people and also creates a mass amount of confusion about the actual political situation in the country, the actual social and economic situation, and what can be done about it. And of course, the media sector is heavily controlled by a handful of you know, private church-related or state-run, uh, in this sense, controlled by uh, you know, Jovenel Moise, uh, stations. There are you know, various progressive media projects that are doing the best they can, but it's a challenging field uh, in which to engage, and it's one of perhaps the more interesting uh, elements of, of continuity between what we've seen here in Haiti and what we've seen in the U.S. is really just the role of mainstream media in both places. And you could make the same argument about the role of the U.S. mainstream media in distorting for us what's going on in Haiti, and those are some of the things we want to push back against. So. That is it for us here today on this special Haiti edition of The Punch-Out. We will have more for you going forward as we remain here on the ground in Haiti. <laughs>